Well, hello there, and welcome to this Calvary Longview audio message. We're so glad you've chosen to take a moment to discover with us the truth that can be found in the Bible, and we pray that you'll be blessed by what you hear. Today, we have a guest speaker here to share with us an encouraging message about Jesus. We can't wait to get into God's Word, so crack open your Bible, grab your note-taking tools, and we'll get started. God has been so faithful once again. I love traveling and speaking at churches mainly because I love the worship times. Um, Having been a worship leader myself, it is so nice to be able to uh, worship in English. And um, (laughs) although worshiping in Spanish is absolutely amazing as well. I just, I love the songs that were chosen this morning. God has always been faithful. He is a good God. God, you're so good. I haven't heard that in forever. And you know what's sad? Some people would say, oh, that's an old school song. Well, then I'm an old school person. I don't know why. And I want to sing old school songs all the time. How rich, how deep that is. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You are so good to me. And a verse I like to read and share often comes from Psalm 72, 18, it says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. And I want to just recap 2019, if that's okay with you guys, and just share with you a little bit of the things that the Lord did uh, through our ministry and down in Mexico. Uh, We were able to partner with churches throughout the United States, and we had seven mission teams that came down and did a variety of outreaches and building projects. Uh, One of those... Uh, we did was our first sort of big outreach into the community. And uh, so we had a field day and we made flyers and all of the kids in the orphanage got to invite their friends. And we had over 100 people that came out uh, with a, for a day of, of basketball and soccer and, and water games, water balloon tosses, prizes, food. Uh, a church from Beaverton was down with us. They helped put that on. And then we had an opportunity to share Uh, the gospel message. Uh, Once again, we were able to provide jobs for some of the moms of our kids. A lot of the kids that are in the orphanage, they're there because they're single moms and they're young and they don't have the economic uh, ability nor sort of the mental ability to adequately care for their kids. And so we help raise their kids And um, as Pastor Al mentioned on the back, if you guys, as you're leaving, I I hope that you stop by the table because all those those handmade baskets and necklaces, what we do is we're able to hire some of these moms to help provide jobs for them. So not only are we caring for the kids, but we're able to kind of impact them as well. And so um, those are back there. They make some absolutely amazing things. There's a picture of some of the moms and a little story about them. Uh, We have started English classes for our kids. Actually, a gal that she did our internship program, she's from Oregon, and she has come down for a year now. And so we have started uh, English classes for the kids. Man, they are learning rapido. They are learning incredibly fast. They are singing everything in, in English. They are speaking in English, and it is so cute listening to their English speaking with their thick accents and certain words that they can't pronounce, like ketchup, cut, cut up, cut up, cut up, as they're trying to say it. Um, 
The other exciting thing is next month, we're going to be launching English classes as an outreach to the community. And so some of our staff will be inviting the community to come on Thursday nights uh, to learn English. And we already have a number of people that are signed up and ready and willing uh, to come. And all of that, of course, is with the desire to impact them for Christ, to use different ways to sort of get them into the door, right? And then you hit them with the gospel. You hit them with why, not hit them, but you know what I mean. Um, We hosted our first ever Christmas program. We have been working a lot with with the parents to actually be parents, to be involved in their kids' lives, even though they're not living with them full-time. And so we invited those kids that have moms and families um, for an evening of food and fellowship, and they all came out, and the kids read the Christmas story, and then they sang songs in both English and in Spanish. And so we were able to bless uh, those families with, with presents and gifts, and it was just an incredible time. Um, we were able to finish our new coffee shop. I've got to show some pictures of this because some people think, why in the world do you have a coffee shop when you're in um, the middle of Mexico? And well, because I like coffee and there's no other coffee shops around. Um, do we have those pictures? So um, this is, and again, the desire with the coffee shop is not only just for for our team and missions teams that comes out, but as an outreach to the community. And so um, my nephew, who's actually a senior in high school, he did that, that mural of Jesus and God is love, Dios es amor. We have another picture that shows the other side. Um, and so multiple mission teams and whatnot built this. And so as we open that There'll be various evenings and weekends where we'll be able to put out flyers and and invite people in the community to come. So one of our desires is to not just impact our little compound and our little area, but to use that as as an opportunity within the community to let people know why we do what we do. And then finally, last picture is of the kids. This past year, we were able to care for 16 kids. Um, at various times, various ages. Right now, we have 12 in the, in the home full-time, uh, 10 girls, two boys. It is naturally sort of shifting into a girl's home. That is a huge need down there right now. And so um, we're actually not receiving uh, boys anymore. And as these two, the two young guys that we have there as we sort of get them kind of re-established and reconnected with their family, it will turn over to a, a girl's uh, boarding home. And um, we're really excited about that. Not that we don't like the boys or anything, um, but just the area where we are and the current needs, it's for these young gals. Um, in the culture that we are, in the in the community that we're in, it's a lot easier to staff a home and to care for for these little gals with women, obviously. And so um, we are excited about that. So 2019 was a, it was an amazing year. And as the year drew to an end, as I'm sure for most of you guys, what was on the forefront of your mind? What's one of the most popular things that people do at the end of the year going into the new year? New Year's resolutions, Right. 
New Year's resolutions. How many of you, you love New Year's resolutions? How many of you don't like them? <laughs> okay, look, look at that. I read this really, well, here's the thing for me. I'm not huge on New Year's resolutions because of this. I just get super discouraged when they don't work out. And I imagine that's why most people don't really like New Year's resolutions. Because we, we make all of these, whether they're promises or resolutions or packs or whatnot, and we get into it and we say, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I am not going to eat sweets. I'm not going to eat salt. I'm going to tell my wife I love her every single moment of every single day. And we do all these things. And then two, three, four days into it, we're failing. And then we're just discouraged. Well, I read this, you know, we are not alone. I read this really interesting article in Forbes magazine. Listen to what it said. This is in regard to New Year's resolutions. Historians trace the custom of making New Year's resolutions all the way back to the ancient Babylonians. In the time of King Hammurabi, though they generally credit the, Christ the early Christians drawing on their Jewish heritage, with marking the start of a new year as the occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do and be better in the future, the History Channel explains. We're still at it. Some 4,000 years after the custom began, and most of us, truth be told, really just go through the motions. We're not serious about meeting the goals we set for ourselves. In fact, most New Year's resolutions, the article goes on to say, will be broken in a matter of weeks, studies show. By the time 2020 is over, the overwhelming majority of these self-imposed promises to change our ways will have gone by the wayside. The most common New Year's resolutions are personal. Lose weight, exercise more, become a better listener, be less critical of others, spend more time with family, give more to charity. So listen, it's not that New Year's resolutions are bad. It's just that we it can so easily set these goals and these things before us of I want to do this and I want to do this and I hope to do this. And just in our depravity and our weakness and our sinful nature, um, we fail. And then a lot of times people get discouraged. And so the New Year's resolutions um, sort of turn into New Year's bummers. And then uh, people aren't enjoying it. And they've kind of missed the whole purpose and reason why we do those. So as the year was drawing to a close, I was thinking about um, resolutions. And my family and I, this year, we got to spend Christmas in Utah with my brother and his family. And uh, that was a, a treat. It was a wonderful time. And so Christmas Eve, as we were at the service, the pastor uh, was sharing and reading a number of different verses. And one of those just rang so deep into my soul. And I was thinking about New Year's resolutions. I was thinking about, you know, the past, 2019, and, and I was thinking about 2020 and things we want to accomplish. And, but as I was sitting there in that service, listening to this pastor read a number of different verses, there was sort of this mind, there was a sort of the shift in my thinking. And it was sort of this, rather than having New Year's resolutions, what if we have New Year's reminders? So that's the title of the sermon. If you're taking notes or whatnot, New Year's reminders. 
and we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. New Year's reminders. Rather than setting goals of what I can do or what I hope to accomplish, what if we just set to constantly remember the things that God has already done? And listen, I think that if we, just like with those songs that we sang, my chains are gone, I've what? I've been set free. That should be one of the top New Year's reminders this year. Every single day that we wake up, our eyes should open and we should say, my chains are gone, I've been set free. Or God, you are so good. And listen, this is what I really think. This is so key. I believe that if we are constantly being reminded or reminding ourselves of our God, the goodness of him, his provision, his faithfulness, and all of these things, then I think New Year's resolutions will be a natural byproduct. In other words, if we remember and we think of all that he has done, and we're absolutely amazed and in awe of how the greatness of our God, the goodness of our God, then I believe that some of these things we naturally want to do, read our Bible more, pray more, go to church more, whatnot, listen, those will flow naturally. You understand what I'm saying? Think about this. Perfect example. 1 John 4, 19. We love because why? Because he first loved us. That's it. Lord, how am I going to love my spouse this year as they are driving me crazy? Well, you're going to do it because God first loved you when you were probably driving him crazy. That's it. It's that simple. If we would simply read the Bible, not because it's our New Year's resolution to read it, but we would read the Bible to re be reminded of his goodness... You know what's going to happen? We're going to want to read it more. Amen? So this morning, I want to remind us of New Year's reminders. And I want to use this verse that the pastor at that Christmas Eve, one of the verses that he read, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, I want to use that sort of a, as the foundation. Now, here's what's interesting about this verse. Um. Do you ever find that there are certain verses that are usually or a lot of times only read around Christmas time? Or how about certain songs? You know, as a worship leader, I was always bummed that we could only sing songs like Oh Holy Night one time a year. I mean, that's an, an incredible song. So every once in a while, as a worship leader, I'm like, we're just going to sing Oh Holy Night in the middle of spring. And you know what was interesting? Afterwards, people would say, why are we singing Christmas songs? So what has happened is we've labeled certain things as, oh, well, well, that's just a Christmas song. Well, that's just a Christmas verse. Isaiah 9, 6 is just a Christmas verse because it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And so we use that as a theme. We use that as... as um, kind of the, the main theme, right, for a lot of Christmas messages. 
But do you think we should just remember and read that just once a year? How good would it be for us to wake up every morning realizing that Christ came for us, that he was born for us? Another song, um, O Come All You Faithful. And um, the part, O Come Let Us Adore Him, O Come Let Us Adore Him. So uh, I'm going to start a revolution of singing Christmas songs all throughout the year, okay? Anyone want to get on that with me? Okay. So note to the worship team, maybe if you want to throw one of those songs down. So here in verses 6 and 7, we're just going to look at two verses because it is so packed. And it is going to help us as we continue to press on in 2020. You know, in 2020, as, as we always do for the ministry, uh, Lord, what, it, what do you want to do? And I will admit with you, a lot of the years it has been, what do I think we should do? What do I think? And it's been a lot of, of you know, what I can do. And I'm done with doing that. Because usually when I come up with ideas and then I try to implement them, they do not work. And then the Lord gracefully says, okay, stand aside and let me work. And then we stand in awe. But listen, once again, there is nothing wrong with, with making resolutions, with making goals. Some of those for us in going into 2020 is, is to impact the community more. We want to be a better light into our community. We want to spend more time in prayer and word, um, being intentional as our kids are getting older, discipleship, um, and direct uh, relationship with them. Because they're at that age where they're asking all kinds of questions about who God is, who Jesus is. Using things like the coffee shop and the, and the English classes and, and field days and stuff as a greater opportunity to invite the community. So again, those things are all good things. It's not a bad thing. But if I even remotely think that I have the strength or the ability to implement any of those things on my own and without him, I am so wrong. And I need to repent and I need to say, God, forgive me. Because yes, a man's heart plans his ways, but what? But the Lord directs his steps. And so that's a big prayer for our staff this year. Lord, you direct our steps. We're going to plan, we're going to believe, we're going we're gonna to walk in faith as you lead us. And so we're going to see a number of things here in these verses that I just want to point out and highlight. So let's read verses 6 and 7, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For, for to us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over the kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. I mean, we could just read that over and over and be encouraged enough. So right off the bat, 
we see so powerful, so proud, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son of given is given. You should underline that word us, because that means for all of you. Whether you believe it right now and you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're not sure, listen, it is for you. Christ was born for you and died for you. He was given to us. That is so profound. I love the way Paul describes it in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Have this mind in you among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Jesus was given for us. He was born to die. He came to save us. Secondly, we see here, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, or, and the government is upon his shoulder. Listen, are you thankful that he is in control and not our government? Can we just say an amen to that? Now listen, we're in some crazy political days. And you know what's such a bummer about this? I don't know how things have been in like your, during holidays with your families and, and individuals or how like politics is discussed within your family. It, I have been in some heated conversations with brothers and sisters and with brothers and sisters in Christ and, and family. Politics have become sort of the theme of people's conversations and it has gotten pretty nasty and divisive. And one of the things that's been kind of a bummer for us recently is when people, a lot of times people, they will email or call or when they talk, it's not to talk about the ministry. It's not to talk about, tell, tell us all the things that God has been doing. Tell us what's going on. It's like, hey, what do you think about the wall? Hey, what do you think about immigration? Hey, what do you think about the new president and all this stuff? And it's like, what if we just talked about Jesus? You know, that's what I love about your pastor. That's what I love about Al. The dude literally just wants to talk about Jesus. Last night I was sitting at their house. We were eating some incredible food, watching the Ravens get destroyed by the Titans. <laughs> Holy cow. Take down the Patriots and now the Ravens. And we're just sitting there and the kids are playing and chucking toys everywhere and it's loud and the game's going and Pastor Al's like, hey, bro, what's Jesus been doing? You know, we're kind of yelling at each other because everything is so loud. And there we were just talking about Jesus. And so listen, verses like this, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and verses like Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have, exist have been instituted by God. That's kind of where I want to leave politics. <laughs> it is in God's hands. Amen. 
It is in his hands. And as much as people, they want to believe that the that if we can just get the the conservative Republican Party out of office and put a Democrat in there and all this, then that's going to fix it. It is, no, Jesus will. And I'm so thankful that it rests upon his shoulder. And then it gets better. And his name shall be called. And then it lists four things. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Four reminders for us in 2020. Our God is a wonderful counselor. Our God is mighty. He is everlasting. And he is the Prince of Peace. Listen, those four things tied in with the fact that Jesus came for us and the government rests, on, rests upon his shoulders, you will not need New Year's resolutions because 2020 will be a year of just remembering and reflecting on who Jesus is. Wonderful counselor. God, give me the wisdom, the clarity, the direction for what you have for me, for my family, for my work, for the ministry. Listen, it is, there is nothing wrong with going to another brother or another sister or pastor or an elder or leader for counseling. That could be a good thing if they are giving you godly counsel. A lot of the counseling that I did when I was pastoring was just directing people to verses in the Bible. And that's why a lot of times people don't want to meet with counselors. Because you're telling them something that they think that they don't want to hear. But I don't have anything else to give them of how to fix a broken marriage or how to, how to submit to authority or how to do these things outside of the power of God and the filling of the Holy Spirit and what his word says. And so Jesus should be our number one counselor that we go to. Listen, maybe even before you go to Pastor Al or somebody. I can't tell you how many times that when people would come into my office and they would want prayer or counseling or direction, and I would say, okay, well, have you, have you prayed about it? Have you, have you talked to the Lord about it? And they'd say, well, no, but that's why I'm here. Okay, why don't you go home? pray about it, seek the Lord, see what he says, and then maybe come back. Because all of our answers, all of the direction, all of the wisdom, everything that we need is found here. And it is found in our seeking the Lord. Psalm 33, 11 says this, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Don't you want something that stands forever? not just somebody's thoughts that you pay them for to share with you. I want truth. I want something that I can stand on. I want something that I can rest assured that it will never fail. And so I'm trying to shift my way in, in, in Lord, I want you to be the wonderful Counselor, don't you love that it says wonderful? I mean, it could have just said counselor. And his name shall be called counselor, mighty, everlasting, peace. 
I just love it's it, 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 so when I read wonderful, it's like, okay, I want some of that wonderful counsel. I want some of that good stuff. Lord, I want you to navigate and direct me on how to use resources and finances and how to impact this and how to do that. Secondly, we see not only is he a wonderful counselor, but he's a mighty God. Our God is mighty. I read this verse, Psalm 95, 3 through 6. I was blown away. For the Lord is a great God. He is a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Listen to some of the wording in there. God is great, great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountain, they're his. The sea, it's his. He made it. And his hands formed the dry land. And then it ends with, oh, come let us worship down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, implying that God made us. Is that not a mighty God? The one <laughs> who owns the mountains and the earth and the sea and form the dry land. And then he as if he saved the best for last and he formed us out of the dust of the ground. And I love that Genesis says that he breathed his very breath into our nostrils. That, brothers and sisters, is the mighty God. So when you're stressing or you're worrying about finances or maybe your kids who are gone astray or maybe your job security or whatnot, be reminded of our mighty God. Thirdly, everlasting Father. Here's what I love about this. There is more than this life. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. We're here but for a moment. And I pray that every single person in this room has come to a place where they have accepted Christ and they will be spending all eternity with him. And that is why we should not worry. We should not be anxious because our father is everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting. Listen to what Isaiah says about this. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases their strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is our everlasting God, our everlasting Father. And then fourthly, one of my favorites, he is the Prince of Peace. 
I have shared with you guys uh, over the years just living in Mexico and you know it's it's a rough part and as you see on the news the cartels and they're controlling a lot of part of Mexico and um, so probably the second thing that we get asked all the time is is it safe is it dangerous can you guarantee my safety and all this stuff and I say well no I can't can't guarantee your safety you're not going to get in a car accident driving home none of us can guarantee that I thought it was actually interesting when there was that mass shooting at the Walmart in El Paso. Uh, that's a Walmart we go to all the time. And I was just there two days before that shooting happened with a mission team. And what was interesting was a lot of the parents of that team, they were wanting the assurance, is it safe in Mexico? Is it safe in Mexico? Is it safe in Mexico? And look what happens in the States. So listen. That just shows us this whole world is a dangerous place. But for some people, they can't get past, uh, well, that's too crazy south of the border. At least it's less crazy or however they, they, you know, come to their conclusions. Uh, there was a shooting that took place in a, in a Mormon colony. I'm sure you guys heard that on the news a few months ago, um, about 10 hours away from us. And once again, you know, emails and text messages and phone calls. I mean, I don't ever, I don't ever mind that, you know, people saying, Hey, are you guys safe? You know, what's going on? And then people either canceling their trips or saying, you know, we can't come now. It's, you know, it's too dangerous and you guys need to get out of there. And, and, you know, for us down there, I mean, we've been down there for seven years so long, and I have seen the faithfulness of God for so long that I am not going to let, when a tragedy or a difficulty come up, I'm not going to let that dictate my decision. Now, if through something like that, if the Lord or counselors or my board or anybody said, hey, man, this is crazy, you guys need to get out or whatnot, well, of course I'm going to listen to that. But we can listen. We cannot be driven by fear or by our ideas or way of thinking. Because if we do, it will, it will paralyze us. And then we will feel like, well, since there was a shooting at a Walmart, I can't go to a Walmart. And if there was a shooting at a movie theater, I can't go to a movie theater. Oh, and then there was a shooting at a school, so I can't send my kids to school. And then we'll just live in this kind of paranoia, can't do anything. And then we'll die of natural causes. So it's going to happen anyways. It's all a part of his plan, but check this out. He is the prince of peace. As I read about that shooting, my, my heart broke and was devastated. There is a wonderful Calvary Chapel out near that area. And so uh, my uncle who pastors the church and uh, his wife, Kim, she's my administrator. And so she was getting updates from the pastor's wife. And in the midst of this tragedy, what we were praying and what this pastor's wife was sharing was let this be an opportunity to tell people about Christ. And so, listen, as bad as, as um, mass shootings and death and, and difficulties, I'm thankful that we have a mighty God and an everlasting Father 
that is still working in the midst of that. Aren't you? And that he brings beauty from ashes and that he brings fruit from that. One of my life verses, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And um, the worship team is going to come up. And we're going to close in a song. And, and Pastor Al said that at the end of the service that um, he and some of the elders and some people have been up front. And, and he, we were texting and he said it's been a great time. People are responding. I think the word he said, people are ripe. And listen, I would pray that we would respond this morning in this way. Lord, we're here in 2020. And maybe some of you, uh, 11 days or 12 days, 13 days into it, you've already broken your resolutions. So what if we, we make this morning a morning of just remembering our God? Of being reminded of him. And I want to encourage you, if, if you need prayer or you want to come up or specifically in regards to one of these areas, you know, maybe, maybe you have not been seeking the Lord for counsel. Maybe you have drifted from that. Then I would encourage you to pray, Lord, Help me to allow you to be the counselor. Maybe you've forgotten how mighty and how powerful your God is. Maybe there's a situation taking place right now and you're thinking this is too big for him. This is too great for him. I'm overwhelmed. Then pray and be reminded of the mighty God. Maybe some of you, you're, you're frantic and you're nervous because of the days and age we're living in. Be reminded of the hope of heaven that awaits. And our everlasting Father. Maybe some of you, you're restless this morning. And you're missing his peace. Well, then pray that his peace would pour out on you. And for those of you who you have not come to a place of sur absolute surrender to Christ, this morning would be a pretty great opportunity to do that. Maybe in hearing these things, you're, you're wow, I, I like what I hear. You mean this, this, this God, this Savior who came for me, he, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Absolutely. And so much more. And it's simply just saying, Lord, I am done living on my own and living for myself. I need to be cleansed. I need to be changed. I need to be forgiven. 
I need to be restored. I need to be filled. And so let's pray together. And we'll sing and we'll worship. We hope you've enjoyed spending this time in God's Word, and our prayer is that you'll take it with you and apply it to your life. If you'd like to learn more about Calvary Longview, visit our website at cclongview.com. While you're there, you can find more teachings, request prayer, or even find out how you can get involved with what God is doing in our city. We hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you back here next time. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.